Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week's episode, Getting Under Our Skin. Hello. Hi. How are you this week, Megan? I'm great. How are you doing, Steffi? I'm doing well. It is, we are recording this at the end of the week. We usually record at the beginning of the week, and I feel like I am ready for it to be Friday. I'm ready for the end of the week. My husband and I are going to a wedding this weekend. We're heading up to Chicago and attending the wedding of a couple of our friends. And so I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be a nice time to see them and to have some time at a hotel with my sweet hubby. So ugh, I hate calling him that actually out loud. So y'all can hate me for that. That was gross. <laughs> So this week, we're particularly excited because our we have our first special guest joining us. Um, I have known her since college, and I knew that she would be a really fun person to discuss the topic of skincare with. It's something that she's really passionate about, and I've learned a lot from her. So I am very excited for you to learn from her as well. So without further ado, please welcome Ade Olienka. Hi, Ade. Hi, guys. How are you? We're good. How are you? Good. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Before we dive into things, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm a 30-year-old ex-PhD student. That's the way I feel, even though I have a real job now. (laughs) Um, Mostly I feel like an ex-PhD student. I just graduated with my PhD in public policy and political science um, from a school in North Carolina. And now I, I'm trying to be a city girl living in DC and I'm a consultant. So that's a little bit about me. And you travel all the time for work and spend a lot of time in airplanes. I do. I'm on the road quite a bit, um, anywhere from four to six days a week I'm on the road. So really my apartment in Chicago, or sorry, my apartment in DC is um, just a expensive storage unit for my extra clothes (laughs) oh womp womp Mm -hmm. uh but one of the things that i want to talk to you about um here in a little bit and we can get to that but just sort of making a note for ourselves i suppose is that because you travel so much because you're on plane so much i want to make sure we discuss your travel not just your travel skincare routine in terms of like packing it but actually Mm -hmm. like how you combat airplane skin so right that is definitely something that i have been really wanting to talk to you about because you are an expert but before we get there Let's talk about how you actually kind of got into skincare, how this became a passion for you. For sure. So it actually weirdly all started with makeup about, I guess it was two years ago now, I uh, decided I was going to a friend's wedding and I decided that I wanted to be good at makeup. (laughs) It was like a choice that I made. So I went to Sephora and got a tutorial um, and it ended up being a really cool experience where I got to spend an hour and a half with Sephora ladies at 10 a.m. joking around and really asking them questions about makeup. And they indicated that I should also spend time learning how to remove makeup, but they didn't <laughs> teach me about it. Sure, um, sure. So I kind of 
kind of just jumped into the world of YouTube, watching YouTube videos of, you know, famous YouTubers, um, mostly African-American, but not always, um, who were really into makeup and, and watching them talk about their skincare routines. And that was kind of like my first jump into skincare. I remember distinctly an episode with Jackie Ina using Pixie Glow Tonic, and that was like life changing to me. <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. That's awesome. And I love that you said that you were just going to <laughs> become an expert in it because I feel like a woman with multiple degrees, multiple masters, PhD, like that's just what you do. Is you just if you're gonna do something, you're just gonna become an become an expert at it. Yeah, I definitely have taken this to like a level that I never anticipated, um, nor did I think anybody around me. I think my brother and sister are the only ones who aren't shocked because I tend to kind of get obsessed with something and learn everything about it. But I think also, um, weirdly, to take it back to kind of the time of my life I was in, um, I was writing my dissertation and a good friend um, from PhD school once told me that you'll never learn more about anything else in the world like when you're writing your dissertation because everything is like the easiest distraction. And so I really dove in like hours of YouTube, <laughs> hours of reading kind of academic could, articles about skincare I could read and, for my dissertation mm-hmm. or I could learn about lipstick. Exactly, exactly. That's That's how it went down. That actually makes me feel a lot better that you only learned this a couple of years ago because I always felt like Makeup and skincare was one of those things that you were supposed to learn when you were like a teenager. Like your mother was supposed to teach you and they were supposed to guide you through this like journey into (laughs) full-blown womanhood. And I never got that and I always felt really far behind. But it sounds like there is still hope for me. There definitely is. My mom doesn't really wear makeup, nor does she have a skincare routine. And she also has been blessed with like perfect skin. Um, And maybe that's just because, you know, she's in her... 60s now so a lot of that hormonal stuff has calmed down um but she definitely wasn't the one to teach me um not because she's not a very kind person but because it's not an interest she has my my mom was the same she was very much just like a wash and wear kind of woman like occasionally she would swipe on some mascara and that was about it so Mm -hmm. i definitely never learned much of anything from her and i um like I have played around with makeup before, like when I was in high school, when I was when I was in college. But in terms of actual beyond just wearing moisturizer and stuff, I for me, I feel like the minute I turned 30, my skin rebelled against me and was like, nope, we're going to change. And I had to relearn what the heck to do. And that's actually when you really started sharing a lot on your Instagram stories about some of your skincare routines. And so I was like, oh, I am learning so much. So I mean, you seem, it seems like kind of when you dove into it, you just immediately dove deep. You weren't someone that was just like, oh, I think I just want to have healthy skin. You were like, I'm going to know everything. So yeah, yes and no, I think. Um, so I think thing one, I was, I am a researcher. That's what I was trained to do. And so mm-hmm. it was a bit of like a natural transition for me to become, <laughs> to, to approach skincare as kind of a topic to be dissected and broken down into parts and learn about every part. But I'd also say that like, 
more than anything, price is what pushed me to do my research. I was still in grad school at the time. I didn't have a ton of money. And so I was focusing on A, you know, getting the most bang for my buck. And B, um, also kind of, there's there's a few brands out there that are l- budget brands that, um, in particular, I'm thinking of The Ordinary, but also The Inky List has just made it to the United States from Britain. Um, and they're also kind of these the budget brands um, that don't have a lot of, they don't make these giant claims. They don't tell you kind of what how to put it in your routine. They don't really give you much. You have to figure it out for yourself. But the mm-hmm. co- price point is amazing, right? Right. And so I was determined to kind of figure out when they say I'm giving, they literally have a product called niacinamide 10%. It doesn't tell you like this that is going to help you with X, Y, and Z. <laughs> exactly. And so because I was poor, I had to figure out how to navigate kind of these budget brands that don't have a lot of info that they're giving you. Um, they're really just, you know, saying, here we are, figure it out for yourself. And so I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos around The Ordinary in particular, but I also spent a lot of time kind of trying to figure out what I actually needed based on what my skincare concerns were. I have purchased products. I've purchased a couple of products from The Ordinary, but the first time I went on their website, someone was like, oh, their products are great. And I went on their website and I was like, what the actual fuck am I supposed to do with any of this stuff? I don't know what any of these words mean. And I panicked and I just left. Yes. Their website (laughs) is definitely overwhelming. It's definitely, it's it's actually really interesting. um, And maybe this is more of like a philosophical question, but like their price point caters to the novice, right? But their, uh, their website caters to the somebody who's really, you know, well researched on on skincare and what those different um, products do. So it, it's really interesting kind of conundrum that happens when people first encounter the ordinary. I'd also like to say that on the high end of the spectrum, like I, I have splurged in a couple of items. And when you're splurging, like you want to know that that thing is going to work. At least I do um, where I'm at in my life. I want to know that like this thing is supposed to work, even if it doesn't, that I, you know, made an informed decision before I spent, you know, $70 on a face cream. Or right. At least you feel like you didn't like blindly throw your money away. Exactly. Exactly. Well, at least it sounds like you kind of got into a lot of this from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is that still where you kind of find most of your info and do a lot of your research where when you are curious about whether it's a specific new brand, like new to you brand or a new product or just something that you want to add to your routine, kind of where do you start and figure out info and how do you determine if someone that you're getting information from actually knows what the hell they're talking about? That's a great question. Um, So I'd say that YouTube is still my kind of baseline research area. There, I found two YouTubers that I really trust. I don't generally branch out from them too much unless I want to watch more um, reviews about a specific product or Mm -hmm. or um, brand. Um, So for the most part, I stick to Carolyn Hirons and and Renee the Gothamista. I I think they're really trustworthy sources, and so. Generally, if one of them says it, I'm like on board. And if two of them says it, I say, talk about a product, I buy that product. That's that's pretty much the way it goes. Um, <laughs> or, or I put it on my to buy list. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really my jumping ground. If I can't, if they haven't tried something or I can't find it, I'll, I'll branch out. But for the most part, I start with those two. And then now I'm really kind of 
in the world of academic articles and really understanding how different ingredients work for different um, skincare concerns. So I, I'll definitely, you know, turn to the Gothamista and, and Carolyn Hirons, but I'm also kind of the person, I think learn, I've learned from them and, and other really, really great experts and, and dermatologists that I kind of watch their work or they feature on their channels. I actually go to the ingredient list and I say like, what actually in this product is targeting the needs that I have? It's not always the best way necessarily um, because, you know, there are, there are definitely ingredients out there that I don't know. And so um, it's definitely still like there's a learning curve there. Um, sure. But, you know, Google Scholar has been my friend. I, I have, re- you know, taken skincare concerns that I have, read dermat- dermatological, dermatology, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> dermatology <laughs> articles about, you know, those specific concerns and what products help them, what ingredients help them. And I look for those ingredients kind of in a more targeted way. And I, I mean, I have to admit that until I saw you start doing this, um, I, it hadn't even occurred to me to do that. And I certainly have not gone as in-depth as you have, but you, like, there have been times where you have mentioned something like, if you are struggling with dark, you know, dark circles under your eyes, like here are some ingredients that can help with that. And so then when I'm looking for an eye cream, I'm like, oh, I should look and see if it has one of these ingredients. Um, And that, I mean, it just, it makes like, when you say it, you're like, well, why the hell didn't you think of that before? But you just sort of look at this product and you look at the packaging and it says, this helps with blah, blah, blah. And you just trust that it actually helps with that instead of reading through this ingredient list to be like, are these ingredients actually what target this problem? It says it's targeting. So you're really, you're really, unless you're looking at that ingredient list carefully and with a critical eye, you are kind of blindly following whatever their marketing is telling you, which, you know, it's probably how, then again, how people fall into the trap of paying $100 on a little teeny tiny thing of eye cream that does not work. Yeah, I mean, on, on I, I've, I found it for me to be, I mean, yes, it's important on both ends of the spectrum, I, I, of both the high priced end and the low priced end. But in particular, maybe because that's where I started, I was super poor when I got into skincare, which yeah. is maybe the worst time. Um, <laughs> but I, I really was determined that like I needed to understand um, where I was putting my money, um, and 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 be pretty sure that at least, yeah, I think you said it earlier that that even if it didn't work, that I wasn't throwing that money away, um, and that was that was a particular concern for me. I'd also like to say that like I have everyone in my family, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, we've all kind of had teen acne into our early twenties, late twenties, even. Um, and so my skincare concerns were, um, they're cosmetic, but they really are. I mean, I, I've seen a dermatologist I, kind of consistently for the last few years. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm on a skincare journey that it is important for me, kind of, especially as 30 came around the corner, that I was like, I just want to feel proud of my skin. And yeah. and I want to do that for the lowest cost possible. Right. And so that, that, that really led me um, to kind of focus in, hone in on ingredients um, in particular. So, Megan, you just said, maybe there's hope for me still. So <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna say, okay, there's hope for Megan, 
where do you recommend that someone start? Like if they want to get into and not even like even necessarily like a super detailed, extensive skincare routine, but let's say like barely washing their face and putting on moisturizer is about where they're starting. Where do they start? How do they figure out what, like where to begin? Is there someone they should go to? What are, what are your thoughts on that? For sure. So first I'll say that like, uh, for people that follow uh, me uh, on Instagram or some of, some of the, the people that I have suggested, like uh, Carolyn Hirons and the Gothamista, for the most part, I mean, we're talking about um, n- not medical grade issues. We're not talking sure. about like severe right. acne, right? This is like anti-aging, um, you know, dark spots that don't need lasers, um, and, of which I have a few, right? That, that I know that topical things won't necessarily be the thing to, to, to get rid of those dark spots. Um, that's that's kind of in the laser territory. But um, given that we're talking about cosmetic, you know, kind of like I just want to look better. I want to, you know, mm-hmm. not age super fast. Right. I think there are some like really clear, hard, fast rules. We all know that like, I mean, or maybe I shouldn't say we all know. Research has been very clear. There's kind of no real ambiguity around the fact that the sun, while it's wonderful and we need it for life, it's UV rays are our worst anti-agers. They are the thing that that um, really um, push people to age faster if they're not careful. And I think that's true regardless of skin tone. I am an African-American woman. I wear sunscreen every day. If you are dark, light, don't care, you should be wearing sunscreen and you should, I think that's the first step for most people. That's the first step because I don't think most people are doing it. Um, I think you're right. So Megan, I th- are you wearing, I, I wasn't wearing, are you wearing sunscreen every day? I'm not wearing it every day. I'm very bad about that. Um, because I'm also one of those people who I'm like, I usually don't go outside. That is also yes. my problem. I will I will say that I I since I have been watching Addie preach about SPF. I have been much better about it. And I am I mm-hmm. am a vampire. So I should have been really good about it anyway. But I was really only good about it when I was like, I know I'm going to be in the sun a lot. But right. I'm trying to be a lot better about it. Like, I am leaving the house. I'm going my, to put on SPF. <laughs> my other problem that I have has been actually, I cannot find a moisturizer that I like that has SPF in it. So my, um, my foundation has SPF, but my everyday moisturizer does not. Okay. Because I can't find so, one that I like. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I, I like, first of all, I love moisturizers. I think that's like my, where I'm living right now. So feel you on finding moisturizers with SPF. Most of the ones that I use don't have SPF in them. Um, just because I tend to not like the texture as much. Yeah. Um, I'll say that uh, I think it's fine to separate SPF from, and and maybe easier to separate SPF from your moisturizers, from your makeup, if you can't find something that you like. Um, And and there's been a lot um, in the last 10 years or so, from what I can tell, a lot of uh, advancement in the the realm of SPF. Like SPFs are better, they're easier to apply, they're you know, they have all, you can find primers, hairsprays, eyeshadow, everything that has SPF that you can incorporate into your routine easier. 
Um, I came, I went from being, I mean, as an African-American woman, I was always told, you know, you don't need sunscreen. (laughs) So I literally had never worn sunscreen on my face in my life. Um, So uh, there, I think it's about committing to anti-aging if that's something that you're interested in. Um, And I think more than anti-aging, it's also about safety um, particularly for fair-skinned people and dark-skinned people, actually, because fair-skinned people are more susceptible to kind of skin, whatever, deformations, you know, certain mm-hmm. them becoming actually cancerous and problematic. And mm-hmm. dark-skinned people are, when they do become um, cancerous um, or malignant, I think is the right word, um, they're more likely to die or have super advanced levels because dark-skinned people tend to not take care of their skin or go to the dermatologist. dermatologist. Sure. So I think on the far ends of the spectrum in particular, because there hasn't, because of the different, you know, danger, danger factors, it is super important that people try to find a way to build SPF into their routine for safety, but also just because, A, like, I want to look like I'm, Steph, Steffi and I have this joke, radioactive infant. I want to look like a radioactive infant for the rest of my life. I want to glow and I want to look young um, as long as I can, you know, just because I can't. Um, not because I super value looking young, but because I value feeling like I put that effort into my skin. So I think to round back up to, to Megan's comment, I, that's really fair. Um, and there, try going out there into the world and looking for um, a brand I'd recommend is Supergoop, looking for a, an SPF that Supergoop has or one of these other kind of new, young, cool SPF companies have that um, fits into your lifestyle that you can throw in your purse at any given time and just reach in and grab it. Um, it doesn't have to be part of your routine, especially if you work from home or you don't go outside a lot. You know, just try to make sure if you're going to be outside um, or frankly near like a window for an extended period of time because yeah. UVA rays come come through windows um, that you're just throwing on SPF um, every two ish hours. I forget sometimes. I don't wear. I don't reapply when I'm at work, but when I leave work, if I'm going to be on a long drive, like I just drove from Indiana to Chicago today, I threw SPF on in the car because I just had it in my backpack. Um, so those are, you know, routines that I'm trying to put into my life and make easy for myself so that I can incorporate SPF into my life. Those are awesome tips. I think keeping it in your bag is a really smart, is a really smart tip because if you keep it with your other or maybe have or maybe have two bottles have one that you keep like in your bathroom with your other skincare products for the morning but then keep one in your bag backpack purse computer bag whatever it is um so it's with you throughout the day yeah and a couple more notes about spf just because i think it's interesting one thing one spf expires after about a year um all skincare for the most part it's not required but most skincare puts it on there has a little symbol at the on the back usually that tells you the shelf life of that product 12 months is about average for spf so if you have old spfs please throw them out they're not really doing you any good the second thing i'll say is you know back to that comment i made about advancement in spf there's so many cool things out there like i mentioned there's spf eyeshadow hairspray eye creams um the one that i really like and because people often say over your makeup it's hard to apply spf there are spf setting sprays and fpf setting powders that I use um, over makeup um, when I'm, you know, trying to look look fly. <laughs> I actually have the eyeshadow, and oh, you I do. do really, yeah, I do really like it. Um, I wish it came in more colors, but I can just which, put a color brand? on top of it too. It's the Super Goop brand. Ooh, I I want to buy it. It's like really shimmery and gold. I like it a lot. 
Well, now jealous. I need it. I know, and it's creamy. And I don't know. I like it. It's, it lasts for a long time. Awesome. At least the color does. I I'm not sure. Obviously, the SPF, it. I guess, doesn't. But <laughs> It'll last you a year, a year and a half. When you say SPF only lasts a year, I'm literally sitting here thinking about every summer as a child going through the cabinet under the bathroom sink and looking for the bottle of sunscreen that had been there for years <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I was just mentally going over how many bottles of sunblock we have around the house and how many of them might be expired probably most of them you should probably just start from scratch at this point <laughs> Honestly, I would have been hoarding some of my favorite SPFs and not traveling with them. And then I found out this like 12 month thing and I was so sad. <laughs> they were really old. You're like, oh no. So I guess that's a, just a, a rule to just, just use it. Use the nice things. Don't save them. Don't save them for a special occasion. Use them. Yeah. And, you know, I've just preached a bunch about SPF, but I do want to make a couple other plugs for different areas of the skincare routine that are outside of SPF. Yeah. I think having a good cleansing routine is really important. Figuring out cleansers that you like and being consistent. Um, I'm a big fan of double cleansing. Look it up. I, I don't think it's necessarily required. It's just pain to me to say that. But I think people should double cleanse, but you don't necessarily have to. Just find a good cleansing routine. And most people struggle with dryness and dehydration. Find a good hydrating routine, even if it's just once a week. Try to hydrate your skin, treat it well, and then rotate, you know, other things based on your concern and your time and your interest. Um, But I'd say SPF, cleansing, and and hydrating your skin are the three top three things. SPF being a far, far outweighing the others. Yeah, because that gets into more, that's less cosmetic and more health. Yeah. So if, so if someone listening if they're not going to do anything else, please wear SPF. That if you take away nothing else, go get yourself a good sunscreen for your face. Okay, Honestly, thanks. I'm becoming a preacher for SPF. <laughs> I think when you get a tattoo. <laughs> so if you want to do a little bit more than just wear SPF or um, then just get into a good cleansing routine, if you want to get into like some of these other um, areas of concern that you might have, whether it's, you know, super, you know, whether it's, you know, redness or um, an even skin tone or any of that kind of stuff, um, but you're not sure like exactly what your skin type is and you're not sure exactly what products might be a great place for you to start. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have recommendations on where someone can kind of go and figure some of that out. I think the most accessible place is is YouTube, honestly. Um, I cannot rave enough. I've already mentioned them like a bajillion times, probably just in the last, you know, half hour. Um, but Renee the Gothamista and Carolyn Hirons, Carolyn Hirons in particular has these cool things on her website called Cheat Sheets, where she talks about how to build a routine and how to deal with red. Like she has a cheat sheet for kind of most of her major, most major skin concerns. Um, She's a licensed esthetician in the United Kingdom. She's pretty amazing. And she works uh, pretty uh, heavily with all different kinds of brands across the EU, UK and Europe, or sorry, the EU, UK and the United States. Um, So she has a lot of knowledge and she has a YouTube channel, but her website and her blog and her new forthcoming book, which incorporates a lot of her cheat sheets are, will probably be really cool as well. Um, 
And then I'd also, if you're if you're a little bit more adventurous, um, Reddit has a lot of interesting stuff. Don't follow what everyone says. Everyone's skin is different, but it's a really it can be a black hole, but it's a really good place to get some basic. <laughs> you can find some um, weird shit on Reddit. <laughs> some weird, especially in particularly the in particular, sorry, the Asian beauty Reddit um, is really interesting and has a lot um, of cool conversations where I feel like I've learned a lot. So, That's and awesome. then I think the last thing, if you have access, see an esthetician, get a facial. You don't have to buy anything from them. Try to avoid that. Um, if you, if you're, that's not your thing, um, but seeing a professional, uh, outside of dermatology, um, can be, um, a really, oh, useful thing as well. Just like see an esthetician if you can, if it's in your range. Dermatology is great, but I think estheticians may be a little bit more, um, accessible for a lot of people. Awesome. And what do you tell them when you go to see them? Just be like, Hey, I have some skincare concerns. What do I do? I would literally just schedule a facial with them and then be super talkative about ask them questions. I was super annoying, but she seemed to be fine with it. Um, when I got a facial a couple months ago and I asked her a ton of questions um, and I asked her to kind of walk me through what she was doing. I just, I think that they are trained um, to look at your skin and recognize, um, okay, a thing that you should be concerned about is dehydration or this is what you wanna do to get rid of dark spots. Um, they will almost always push products on you. Feel, you know, try to say no if that's not your thing. But um, they're just, they're just. I find, I find that process of being getting a facial with an esthetician to be so much more informative than um, no knock on doctors. My sister's a doctor, but then going to the dermatologist where it's usually about like here's a medication or here's a you know some some prescription. Right. It's about more of a process and a conversation. Um, right. And so I really enjoy that. And that feels like a more, it feels like a longer term solution to me. Yeah. Um, whereas like a prescription, I mean, of course there are times, uh, of course there are there are cases where you take a prescription and it is definitely a long term thing. But I feel like in a lot of cases that is perhaps more meant to, to fix something and then it's fixed. Um, whereas a long-term skincare routine is potentially maybe even helping prevent some of those bigger problems, I would think. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, ob- I obviously, maybe not obviously, um, if you are dealing with severe acne or anything that's like you're concerned about medically, you should see a dermatologist. Um, but if you yeah. are looking for, you know, age, aging prevention, um, I want brighter skin or I'm dealing with these dark spots. That's, that's when you turn to the esthetician, when it's really about, you know, looking and feeling your best and not about some medical concern. I have always, I have always been afraid to go get a facial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I think it's because I have kind of sensitive skin and my mom had really sensitive skin. And I think back in the day, a lot of the products that they used were like really perfumed and heavy and obviously that has changed a lot but for some reason I have my mom's like 1980s mindset about it so (laughs) I should just go do that I should just schedule a facial I think that's really fair um and again I, I think I'm learning as I navigate this world um especially with the professional um other professional side of it it's like about being vocal about what you're comfortable with, 
Um, I, I have a sca- facial schedule for next week with a new person while I'm on vacation and I'm going to be, you know, like, I don't want this or I want this, and, you know, deferring to their expertise as well, of course. But right. if you don't feel comfortable with something um, and ask questions before you get there too, like what kind of products do you use? Like, are they fragrance? I hate fragrance things. I yeah. think that it's probably just not necessary. Who cares if my skincare smells like, I don't know, bad. <laughs> as long as it, it works. As long I mean, as it works. Skincare, like scented skincare usually does smell bad. Yeah. I just, I, 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 if it has that natural funky scent, it's fine because I know that there's not, you know, there's nothing been added to it. Um, so that scent is just, just that ferulic acid. You know, smelling, right. Smelling gross or that mud being mud. Um, right. Otherwise, job. otherwise you smell kind of like a old lady. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. use like don't need it fragrant stuff. That's that's my personal opinion. If anybody has fragrant skincare they love and they don't think they smell like an old lady, congratulations. Um, <laughs> you can you can comment and tell us what it is that does not smell like an old lady. So we mentioned I mentioned when I when you were introducing yourself that you travel a lot. And that I wanted to talk to you about your travel skincare tips. So I want to hear about two things with this. One, Mm -hmm. if you have like a really good skincare routine, how and you, you know, you obviously you do travel a lot. How are you like physically? How are you taking all of your skincare products? How do you maintain a routine when you're on the road? Um, if if you are a person that travels a lot, you know, um, if you're if you have kind of high maintenance products, like how are you doing that? Um, but then I also want to hear about like how do you deal with gross airplane skin? Because <laughs> that's a yeah. thing. It is a thing. I. I'm still I'm still learning on both counts. Um, I'm always I'm constantly adjusting both how I physically carry my skincare um, when I'm on the road, which is always, um, and then how I deal with my plain skin. So um, first, starting off with your first question, I especially early on in the process really have tried to transition as much of my skincare as possible to not be liquid. Um, I've since kind of backed off from that but mm-hmm. I, I still use um in particular my acids um so that's like my um exfoliating toners um mm-hmm. I, there are really cool uh exfoliating toner pads they're not great for the environment um full disclosure and that makes me feel uh, like cheaty on the good place um, it's, <laughs> it's definitely an immoral conundrum that's why you're going but... to the bad places because you use the skincare toner pads and Honestly, you drank your you almond milk know. I do. Tr- I just had almond milk today. <laughs> so, yes. I guess I am going to the bad place. You are going to the bad place. Um, Bye. I tried. Um, there are these cool, um, uh, like face face wash sticks. They're almost like bar soaps. I don't use those anymore. They're a little bit too harsh for my skin. But if you do not have super sensitive skin, that's also an option. Now, mostly, I just I decant, decant, decant. As soon as I get a little miniature bottle, I use a lot of dropper bottles. Um, a lot of them came from the ordinary things that I finished. I save them, I wash them, and I now decant other products that I really like into them. So that's one thing. Some solids, some pads, a lot of decanting. And um, I'm lucky enough that I often travel to the same place um, week in, week out. And so I'm able to leave some things at the hotel, which is really nice. 
Um, so yeah. I do not travel back and forth with everything every week, in particular in my body care. Um, lotion is a big deal to me. I do not like having dry body skin. And so I don't travel with um, with big things of lotion anymore. Um, so that's that's hopefully that answers your first question. Um, really, it's come down to a lot of decanting. Yeah. And are you typically uh, checking your skincare? Like, are you I typically putting in a check leg? So you're carrying on most of that. I carry on most uh, most weeks I carry on. Right now I'm on a whirlwind, you know, one month travel trip. So I have sure. been checking bags and I sure. I also wanted to refill my decanted products. So um, yeah. I I did check skincare this time and full size products even. Um, but generally speaking, I decant into one ounce bottles, um, which you can either buy. They sell them at Whole Foods uh, and probably online. Probably you can get some on Amazon. Um, but I actually just use old, ordinary bottles until um, I don't think they're they're great to use anymore. And also, I mean, a lot of skincare comes in one ounce or less packaging, so that's helpful. Um, yeah, that's for, for, for sure. travel as well. The second part, your second question: um, How do I deal with pl- uh, plain skin? Um, so a lot of my the way that I deal with plain skin happens both before and after my time on the plane. I'm generally flying from um, the East Coast to the Midwest. And so my flights are about two and a half hours, not really enough time to be concerned about dealing with my skin on the plane. Um, and so uh, no matter how late I'm running, um, except for on you know one or two occasions when I'm really late, um, no matter how late I'm running, I try to do a full skincare wash um, and hydrating and moisturizing before I leave for the airport. Um, and then I've since, uh, since a couple, like about a month ago, I've started traveling with a, uh, this, it's called Summer Fridays Jet Lag Mask. Um, I, I just kind of, it's a, it's a hydrating, uh, it's a hydrating mask. It's a sleeping mask. It's a particular weird category of things that are really just fancy moisturizers. Um, and I apply <laughs> that on the plane. Uh, I think mask is a weird word for it. Uh, it's really just a moisturizer and I apply it kind of on the plane. Um, okay. Usually about midway through my flight. Um, and then from I'm taking my kind of first long haul flight um, as a skincare fanatic sure. um, coming up tomorrow. Um, and I broke down and bought a set of facial wipes. I haven't um, expressed this yet while I've been talking to you guys, but I am on the Carolyn Hirons and Gothamista train of like skincare wipes are evil. They're bad for the environment. They don't really clean your skin that well. Um, but I bought some for the plane. Um, so that I can kind of midway through refresh uh, my skin and I will be applying yep. um, my summer Fridays mask. You just secured your spot well. in the bad place. I Have know. fun. I See know. you in hell. I love, I love those wipes too, though. I'm so bad. I feel bad about it every time I use one. <laughs> you know, they're bad for the environment and they don't clean your face that well, but they're like on a desperate, I say like nursing mothers, travel, like I just jumped in the car after the gym and I had an hour and a half drive and yeah. I wasn't going to go with gym face. Right. right. So I, I, I use them for specific scenarios or like mm-hmm. if it, co- it comes down to me wearing a full face of makeup to bed because I'm that exhausted or, or, you know, using a wipe, I'll use a wipe. Um, but I try to try not to as much as possible. I do feel like the ones from Grove at least are soapy enough. Like I do feel clean after using it. But I send me that brand, please. Yeah, I've never heard of Grove. They sell like other household products and stuff too, so it's probably not like an actual great skincare. 
mm-hmm. quality. I don't know, but I really is like it. Is it the rooted, or is it the rooted? Yeah, I guess ones? that's the brand, yeah, that Grove sells. Is it not their own brand? Uh, I'm not sure. I can't, I can't remember if that's one of the, like, their in-house brands or not, but um, we'll include a link to Grove, and we'll send that to you, Ade, because it's, okay. there's, there's all sorts of, like, kind of crunchy, um, like, more eco-conscious, like, household products, and then they have, they have a number of um, beauty, skincare-type products as well. Ooh, if they might be biodegradable, then I might look into that. I just purchased a pack of the, um, Ooh, Olerskin, I think is how you say it. I Hans Olerskin, I can't really okay. say that um, brand right. I'll send you guys um, that link. Um, but it is, a, they, he, it's a great brand and I just bought their eye cream as well, but they they happen to be one of the few brands it's for that sells face wipes and they're like vitamin C face wipes. Who knows how good they really are, but I felt a little bit better myself, about myself not buying the cheapo Neutrogena ones that I'm used to. Um, hopefully <laughs> they'll actually have some other beneficial uh, skincare uh, qualities but we'll see awesome awesome well I feel like I feel like Megan and I are both people that we do travel fairly often for work and sometimes it's super short trips sometimes it's not Megan is actually flying to London um, soon um, and so I suppose when this comes out, Megan always yells at me. I always forget to re- think that it's in the future. So, but <laughs> when this comes out, she will have already gone. Um, but uh, I'm sure that sh- there's tips that you just give that we both can use in travel. And Megan I mean, actually, so. Megan actually carries on luggage all the time. Uh, my hair is way too high maintenance. I check a bag every <laughs> single time I travel, pretty much. But uh, you know, if I ever have an occasion to check to carry on, I'll use those tips. It's totally doable. Totally doable, especially with the one ounce bottles. That is a really, I think that is a really great tip because there are a lot of things that come in larger, in larger bottles. And like I got, I think it was an herbivore, um, like toner, like mist, and it was in a, a smaller size. Ooh, the bottle. rose one. Yes, yes, I got that one. And then I got a, and then I got a similar, I found a similar one, but it was in a larger bottle and I just ended up decanting it into that smaller spray bottle. And that's what I put in my um, travel toiletry bag is that smaller one so that I don't have to carry that big one around with me as much. Yeah, it's a pro tip. Most serums come in one ounce dropper bottles and you just save them, rinse them out, wash them, you know, with warm water and soap. And save them for a, a rainy travel day where you don't have um, something in a travel size. Because there's nothing worse, really, than um, buying a travel size thing every time you travel. I'm not a fan of that. No, that it, it definitely seems like a waste of money. So we like saving money. So thank Important. you for figuring all of this out when you were poor. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So I know you already gave us a lot of great tips of people that you follow, um, some of your favorite resources. You mentioned a few, a couple of brands that you really like. Um, what 
And I know, I know it can also be tricky because depending on what skincare concern you're looking to address, probably different mm-hmm. brands are going to be better for certain things. But are there any brands that you haven't mentioned that you really particularly love and think have a really solid line of products that can be helpful for a lot of people, particularly who might be just sort of getting started on figuring out this whole like taking care of your skin thing? For sure. Um, there are a lot of brands that I, I like and a few that I love. Um, so I'd first say um, I'm, I'm kind of a Sephora Ulta girl. So there are probably a lot in Target. Those are my three stores that I buy most of my skincare at. So I'm probably biased by where I shop. Um, but those two, those three stores cover kind of most of the products that um, I think most people use for skincare. So I'd say and I feel like a, they cover like most reasonable price ranges. Yeah. The Ordinary is now available at Sephora. It is, and and so is the Inky List. Um, I think the Ordinary is only online, and they are both really good budget brands. We talked earlier about how kind of navigating the Ordinary in particular can be a little bit challenging, um, but there are a lot of resources out there online to kind of help you figure out what you might need from the Ordinary. They're mm-hmm. both cheap but also high quality brands, so totally worth looking into. Pixie is another kind of drugstore. You can get it at um, Target. You can get it at, I think, Ulta also sells Pixie. Um, Pixie Skin Treats, quality stuff. They make the Glow Tonic, which is an exfoliating toner that is a cult favorite. It's been around for 20 years, and it still sells. It's great stuff. Awesome. Um, Fresh Beauty, I use a lot of their products, in particular their face wash, um, and I also love their chapsticks. Um, First Aid Beauty has a lot of cool things going on. You can get their stuff at Sephora. Um, I know, and maybe Ulta, um, but First Aid Beauty is another great brand. I use their exfoliating um, toner pads. Those are um, the ones that I travel with most of the time. Mm-hmm. Hadalabo is a brand that I believe is Japanese, and it's hard to find in person. I think you can only find it online, but I love their hyaluronic acid serum. It's like $15 for a giant bottle and I have not found anything expensive. And I've tried a lot of expensive brands, um, in particular for hyaluronic acid serums, um, which are kind of hydrating toners. Um, that, mm-hmm. That's the class of things that hyaluronic acid falls under. Um, that product is like the best hydrating toner I've ever tried. So Hadalabo is, is a classic. You can get it online, often on Amazon or um, from Asian beauty websites that sell in the U.S., and last, I'd say, like, recently, I'm obsessed with this expensive brand called Tatcha. It's not super high-end, but it's high-end enough that I think three times before purchasing a full-size project from Tatcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I I like every everything that Tatcha sells, I, I like. So um, those are kind of the brands that are, I'm into right now. I'm sure I'm leaving some off the list. Oh, one last one. I'll say that... Um, I'm a big proponent of vitamin C serums. If you're interested, I have a long story on vitamin C and, and its potential benefits on my Instagram. And and I think there's a lot of, it's a solid, well-researched um, ingredient that, that really does a lot for the skin. But Maylove is a kind of budget online only brand that sells um, a vitamin C serum that's really high quality um, and really affordable. So that's another one that I'd say that I like. And I've been using their SPF. Um, Ooh, how do you like it? I like it. 
I like it does it is not feel heavy. Um, it does not feel greasy. It just feels like moisturizer and it goes on really nicely like under my makeup and stuff. So awesome. Um, I have liked it and it is um, it I mean it was very affordable. So I and I haven't I don't have a Sephora in my town, so um, I haven't been able to go like actually um, look at any of the super goop products in person and like kind of like like actually check those out um, but yeah. I did like I do like the mail of um, SPF referencing back to that last brand that you mentioned I, I can't believe I left them off the list with all my preaching about SPF all of my SPFs are from super goop I I love that brand I think they're doing amazing things um, in the SPF space in the United States, kind of encouraging people to wear SPF, making it really approachable. And their products are are really high quality and work well for people of all skin tones. They're really doing an amazing job about making SPF approachable. So that's another brand I'll, I'll give a shout out to. Uh, super good. And their branding is really fun. Yes. But first, sunscreen. Um, awesome. Megan, do you have any other questions? I had one, you were talking about ingredients, actually, and it made me think of charcoal. It's Mm. like, oh, you know, it's been really popular the last few years. It's been everywhere. I mean, not just... Everybody's doing charcoal masks. Yeah, it's not just skincare. It's in food and all sorts of other things. But I'm wondering what your feelings are about it and if you think it's actually an effective ingredient. Um, so interestingly enough, I'm, I've just started uh, working on a little mini research Instagram story about um, what I've classified as detox masks. I'm trying to back away from the word detox because that's a medical term, but maybe like um, deep clean masks is the right way to talk about them. And charcoal and skincare is generally used as a deep clean mask. Um, I classify, I put it kind of with mud masks and all of, all of, you know, mud, clay, charcoal are kind of all of these like, deep clean masks. I mean, I, I don't know as much about it as I, as I would like, and I'll probably know more in the next month. So it's unfortunate that I haven't finished my research yet there. Um, I, I think it's like with any deep clean mask or any um, skincare, I think it's just like research the brand, make sure it's high quality. I once bought a charcoal mask from uh, an Asian beauty store and it was like a dollar and I got it off the side, you know, the checkout line. I did not end up using it because I was like, why would I put this on my face? I have no idea what it, where it's coming from. It, it might've been a great brand, right? But I think um, like with any, like with anything, research it first, make sure it's a qual- you know high quality, trustworthy brand. And then um, look at the reviews, check out the Gotham East and higher and see if they've talked about it or whoever you trust. Um, that's pretty much my MO from now for any product that I try. Um, it's like totally look at it look at it through the lens of like I'm putting this thing that could totally be helpful but also could be totally be harmful on my skin what do other people have to say about it I think deep clean masks are great and they're an important part of the routine and charcoal is you know one of those um, ingredients that people often use so I I actually just did a charcoal mask last night funny enough (laughs) that you ask Um, and so I I think it worked great um, but I don't feel particularly strongly about it in relation to clay or mud long way of answering that no, that's really good because that just a really good way of um, letting people know what they should do about other ingredients they're curious about in the future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I have um, activated charcoal like 
tablet uh, capsules or whatever Mm. Um, and Mm -hmm. i i will often crack one of those open and mix it with honey and use that as like a quick mask and i don't know if that is a recommended move or not but my skin feels really great afterwards so (laughs) it is a thing that i do i'm i'm glad it works um i i rarely do kind of home rep home uh brood things mostly because i'm not at home very much (laughs) Mostly (laughs) because you don't have a home (laughs) Um, but i will say that i i'm a big fan of uh like aztec healing clay bentonite clay i think the brand is aztec healing clay um but yeah like i that's one maybe the one area where i'm like yes let me concoct my own thing um i will say those like peel off charcoal masks um i that's what i did last night it was great to be clear, but it was really painful to remove. Um, I've those peel off masks those. are just rough. Um, great, great results. Skin felt super soft this morning, um, but wow, <laughs> the removal process is unpleasant. Yeah, that's not selling it for me. I mean, I don't think <laughs> I'll do one again soon. So <laughs> there's that. Do you look like a radioactive infant? You know, my skin did look pretty fire today so, so it might be one of those uh beauty is pain situations yep just like bernadette peters said in the brandy cinderella movie beauty knows no pain girls <laughs> i love it i love it well with that i think we should talk about what is bringing us joy this week so this is a new segment that we're going to be doing every week now. At one of my previous jobs, we ended every meeting by sharing what they called appreciations, which were just a way of saying something nice about the rest of the people on the team and projects that we worked on. We love the idea of ending each week on a note of positivity, so we're going to start sharing something that has brought us joy in the last week. It could be something big. It could be something small. We just want to reflect on something that's lightened our hearts or made us smile recently. So, Megan, let's have you start. What is bringing you joy lately? I recently joined a Facebook group that I believe was on your recommendation, Steffi. It is called This Cat is Chunky. <laughs> and it is just photos of people's fat cats they're not all fat to be honest um but it's just glorious photos of cats all day long doing ridiculous cat things and in the middle of the day when something is stressing me out i just go to facebook and look at this group filled with fluffy cats doing ridiculous things it makes me so happy that is amazing that's a great that's a great answer that group is fantastic (laughs) All right, Ade, how about you? What's bringing you joy lately? I'm going to also kind of go down the just fun route, which is I, I this week I'm a big royal fan. I love democracy, to be clear. Never want to change our democracy, um, but except for, for the better. But I am a big fan of the British royals, and Princess Charlotte started school this week, and the Aww. pictures and the little the footage have been adorable. And kind of the fanfare around it has been ridiculous in a hilarious way. Um, so Little Princess Charlotte starting school has, has brought me joy this week. Aww. Oh, that's so fun. Steffi, what about you? So also down the 
to the Facebook group. I am in a Facebook group for a podcast called Binge Mode, and it is a whole group of folks that really love Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and all that kind of nerdy fantasy stuff. And one of our members that is really active in the group, he was actually at one of the recent mass shootings and he was fine, but he shared his experiences in the group. And one of our other members, she is really amazing. She's a treasure. She pulled out her Cricut machine and she made him a sticker decal of the Hogwarts castle and it says wands up. And she made that for him to just show like how much she appreciated him sharing his experience and then thought, you know what, why don't I offer these for sale to the group? Maybe I'll, you know, be able to make $100 that I can donate to Mom's Demand Action. Well, that was three weeks ago, and yesterday they donated six thousand wow. dollars from these sticker, these wands up sticker decals that we all bought. And then her husband um, had it matched through the company he works for, so it actually turned into twelve thousand dollars for Mom's Demand oh, Action. Wow. That's amazing. So it was such a just like amazing, warm, fuzzy. I have my sticker on my laptop. Um, so if you're and if you're a Harry Potter fan, you know that the wands up is sort of a um, standing with you against the forces of evil kind of thing. Um, but it was just really cool to see this community of people who just have this like. Um, all the, the shared interest, you know, support one of our internet friends and do something really good for the world. So that is bringing me joy lately. I legitimately just cried. <laughs> I'm crying. It was, ama- it was really, I, I cried too. It was really amazing. Um, and, and just the heart behind it was, was so great. But, you know, we have had so much fun talking with you tonight, Ade. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your passion for skincare with us and teaching us so much. It is my distinct pleasure. And all I have left to say is, you know, be kind, love others and wear sunscreen. (laughs) Love it. We will definitely do that. So next week, we are going to be diving into all things pumpkin. It is the squash that's taken over the world, so why should we not discuss it? We'll see you back here next week for the pumpkining. In the meantime, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also follow us on social media at podcast or drop us an email at idratherstayinpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of our listeners. Talk to you soon. Bye.